In terms of how it works, it's really a single source of truth where we are really bringing data together from a lot of different places into our system. And then we're really giving our clients an ability to slice and dice this data. That was Parajat Jarari, who together with Susan Divers, both from LRN, visit with me about an exciting new tool from LRN, which helps you measure ethical culture and compliance training impact. The name of the tool is Catalyst Revealed, and we discuss how the compliance professional can use this tool to meet new DOJ requirements. This is a fascinating episode, and I know you will find it very useful that there is a tech solution which meets DOJ requirements on these areas. And welcome to a presentation on measuring ethical culture and compliance training input. I'm thrilled to be joined by LRN's Parajat Jurhari. I hope I got that close to right. And we're going to talk about an exciting new tool that LRN has developed, Catalyst Reveal, which will help the compliance professional deal with the new DOJ requirement, and I say new over the past 18 or 20 months, around culture, culture assessment, culture risk management, culture monitoring, and culture improvement. So Parajat, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to uh, visit with us today. Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate uh, you know you setting this up. I know there's a, there's a lot of need and demand for people to look at data and and help you know how that drives their business. So really excited to you know be sharing this with you and and to the rest of the folks. So Parajat, could we start with? Could you tell us a little bit about your professional background and your current role at LRN? Sure. So currently, I head up the product and technology team at LRN. So I'm the Chief Product and Technology Officer. Uh, so really what I do there is I work with uh, internal and external customers to understand you know, where business is going and uh, what kind of products are relevant. So we work on uh, you know, all, of, all of our tools, right? So our training product, uh, Catalyst, I work on uh, our disclosures product. I work on uh, the, some of the new tools we are building, the smart code product, and then of course, Reveal, you know, which is an analytics product. And uh, my team uh, has two key areas. One is product development and product management. Another one is technology and software development. Uh, you also have background. Very, very briefly, you know, I spent a number of years in software development. My original career was from Pricewaterhouse. So I spent a few years actually in the fraud and risk management space, then spent a few years at Corporate Executive Board. I worked with all kinds of risk executives, including, you know, folks in the ethics and, and the compliance space, and then spent a number of years, you know, building SaaS products. So I think for me, uh, coming to LRN was sort of a real, you know, combination of sort of my recent past and my original past. So, so I was very excited to be here. So we have now joined by Susan Diver. Susan, welcome. And could you tell us your current role at LRN? Hi, Tom. Delighted to be here. It's Director of Strategic Thought and Leadership. So, Susan, we introduced the issue that about 18 months ago, the Department of Justice started talking about culture in a way they had not done so before, and that 
you now have to assess culture. You now have to manage culture. You now have to measure culture. You have to monitor it, and you have to improve it. And so I wanted to maybe start off with you on how do you see this new focus on culture, and more importantly, how does Catalyst Reveal help the compliance professional deal with these really specific issues the DOJ has brought forward? Thanks, Tom. Well, in my view, this is the most exciting development in this space in all the time that I've been working in ethics and compliance because it allows companies and chief ethics and compliance officers and their teams to move beyond what I would call dead data. And in the past, whenever you had to brief your senior leadership or the board, you usually would trot out a number of training completions uh, or you would trot out number of hotline complaints and what categories, or you would trot out that you've updated your code of conduct or done something else. But the problem with all of those is that training completions don't tell you anything more than the fact that somebody actually took a course. And as we'll talk about a little bit later, DOJ actually asks in the guidance now whether, how, how do you know your training's effective? you test employees on the content. So Catalyst answers that question by showing you at, at with one screen who's completed the course successfully. What questions did people stumble on? Was there a group in the company that had trouble with that, like new hires? Was there a geography that maybe had trouble with particular questions or subjects? So it goes well beyond just there was a completion, and it answers the questions about impact, and it can point you towards areas that you need to spend more time on. And then, as you probably know, hotline data is very, very limited. I've now seen three studies that say that hotline data represents approximately 6% of the real ENC issues that come up. Those almost always go to either... Uh, supervisors or to HR. So hotline data doesn't really tell you much, and it's generally limited to particular groups of employees. And then lastly, activities don't tell you much. But we'll get into this, I know, a little bit later. The Culture Pulse survey that we've included in this, which is the Ethical Culture Pulse Survey, that's its full title, actually asks questions in real time about levels of engagement from the employee base and levels of respect, levels of transparency, levels of organizational justice. Um, and that that is a breakthrough because it's much more meaningful than a once-a-year sheep dip survey that gets rolled out and usually gets below 90% participation. Let me pick up on a couple of points you raised. The title of this presentation is Measuring Ethical Culture and compliance training impact. Let me focus on the compliance training impact because that was re-emphasized in the 2023 evaluation of corporate compliance programs. And I think many compliance professionals still struggle with the two requirements, targeted and effective. I think targeted is best handled through some sort of risk ranking or risk approach where you determine who really needs specific training beyond the basics. But the effective, I think, still gives uh, compliance professionals a little difficulty, and many still say, well, did they sign up for the training? Did they attend it, and didn't they pass the test? And that's it. That's how we determine effectiveness. But you really spoke about a broader way to look at this and how Catalyst Reveal 
can help literally on an ongoing basis. So I was wondering if you could say a few words about the compliance training component and how Catalyst Reveal helps that, but more importantly, how it helps the compliance professional really fulfill the obligations under the 2023 ECCP? I'd be happy to, Tom. And the short answer is it helps tremendously because instead of just sort of, yes, this person completed the course, you can actually see, and again, very easily with one click, and Parajat and his team have done an amazing job, and I know he'll demo that, but you can see what questions people struggled with, uh, and you can slice and dice. So if you want to know whether all of your middle managers really understand facilitation payments, you could set your criteria in such a way that you could see that from looking at how they did on a given course, or how the Asia region did versus Latin America. So what this tells you is it goes beyond we had a a warm seat for this training to say we had people take it and a lot of people in this group really struggled with facilitation payments or with what is an actual conflict of interest. Plus, I think I've also mentioned test out in the past where we allow, our platform allows people to test out rather than take the basic course then that really tells you whether somebody's mastered it or not. Uh, So it's data at a much higher level than simple completions. And this is an area that compliance officers really struggle with. I co-led a a Bella Ethisphere working group a year ago, and it's very, very hard, except with the kinds of, of data that I've just described to measure training impact. Tom, I can't hear your question. We can't hear you, Tom. Parajal, I wanted to switch over to you and ask you if you could perhaps tell us how Catalyst Reveal works and maybe uh, share your screen and give us a, a few quick demonstrations as well, if we can get that to work. Sure. So, you know, in terms of how it works, you know, it's it's really a single source of truth where we are really bringing data together from a lot of different places into our system. And then we're really giving our clients an ability to slice and dice this data. So let me share my screen here and show you, you know, quickly uh, what that looks like. Because they say, right, picture tells a thousand words. So give me one sec here. All right. Can you see my screen okay? Yes. Perfect. So what what I'm doing right now is I brought you all to the Catalyst Reveal. Um, On the left-hand side, you will see the different areas, you know, that you can dive further into. So this is what we call our Reveal Summary. So we are bringing in completion data, culture data, and then, you know, something that sort of answers the other question you were asking, you know, how do you understand whether training was effective? We are bringing in learner sentiment into the mix here as well. So so after folks complete a course, they're able to answer a few questions about, um, you know, was the training effective? Do they think that they can leverage this? And then we also mine the comments that they have put in there to tell essentially the folks whether the training, you know, was effective in terms of were they satisfied with it, was any negative comments. So we're doing both, uh, you know, quantitative Likert scale side surveys but also comment analysis here. On the left-hand side, uh, as I mentioned, you know, besides the summary, you have the, the course data. So this is has all of the traditional metrics around uh, completions 
and time spent, but you can also look to see, you know, how many attempts people are taking to pass a course. So again, you know, goes beyond the basic metrics. And then as Susan was mentioning, right, you can actually dive into each of the courses and see, you know, for each of the courses, which were the questions that were, you know, really tough for them, right? So you can start looking at the questions here and start to get a sense of which courses, you know, were tough for them. I'm going to click over here to the culture area. Uh, and again, a lot of information here, you know, we can dive into this a little more, but this is essentially something called the culture pulse, which is embedded into the product. So as people complete their code of conduct survey for code of conduct course, for example, they can also answer quickly seven questions on culture, which covers, you know, different areas like decision-making, organization justice, freedom of expression. And not only is this data sort of collected, you know, it is, it is available to our clients in real time. So they can see, you know, how things are progressing over, over time. Learner satisfaction, I kind of touched on this a little bit, but this is the other data set that they have access to. So this is another way to measure effectiveness. You can see their responses to the survey. You can also see, you know, do a little bit of benchmarking where you can see how clients, you know, in similar industry, similar number of employees, revenue ban, you know, how are those, how are those uh, folks comparing to there? And then you can look at the sentiment. And this is where, you know, we are really using uh, some new technology, machine learning to mine the data, you know, that's already available from comments, you know, creating word clouds, but also saying, you know, which courses are coming up with a lot of positive and negative responses. So, Parzat, could you keep that? And Susan, I want to go over to you because you used a term that really struck me earlier called dead data. And what I wanted to ask you is, with this type of data on questions in or topics in training that people are having trouble with or needing to spend more time on, is that in your mind actionable data that a CCO or a compliance function can re really utilize to help improve training and perhaps even ongoing communications? Absolutely, Tom, because you're, you're accumulating it every day that employees are actually taking training. So you may see a trend, for example, that interest in gifts and entertainment or that, that people do better on the gifts and entertainment course around the holidays because there's more communication going on then and more awareness. Well, that's good to know because that means you can have, you can time your communications to coincide with the training or vice versa. But as Parajat just said, it really allows you to have insight into the areas that people just are having trouble grasping. And there's no other way to get that really uh, than from this type of, of data analytic. And to me, if you're only focusing on course completions, it's a bit like throwing flower seeds over your neighbor's fence once a year and hoping something grows. You don't know. But with this, you know. And we haven't talked too much about the culture yet, but that is really, I think, also revolutionary in terms of it allows Seacoast to see, and again, you can do it by business unit or geography, what the cultural sentiments are in the employee base 
on an ongoing basis. It's not a once a year snapshot. And I think of hotlines, training completions, and the list of activities that SECOs usually give to the board or to senior leadership really as dead data, especially compared to this. Does that make sense? It does. Parajat, let me pick up on something you mentioned, which is benchmarking. And it really struck me that that can be an incredibly powerful tool for a CCO, but it's not simply the company benchmarking itself from its own data. You talked about other industries or adjacent industries. And so I was wondering if you'd say a few words about not simply the power of benchmarking, but really the importance of it. Yes. So, I mean, I think there are really two or three things here, you know, to mention. So, we find that uh, you know clients like to sort of run these you know run these uh, surveys or, or these trainings over time and they run into two challenges you know one is they don't know whether you know what they're doing right is good enough right uh, i mean you know they are getting completions right because they are they're really like uh, trying to drive that right to the communication so they don't know whether that's good enough or not and so what benchmarking really helps them do is you know, let's them compare to other folks to really understand, you know, if they're what they're doing, is that good enough, right? Is that is that where the industry is? Is that where their sort of peer groups are? It really helps them do that. And then, of course, looking at, you know, those data points over time, right, helps them figure out if they're really improving. Because, you know, many companies that we work with are really unique companies, right? They may not truly have a true peer, right? So how do you really then do an external benchmark, you know, and at that point, I think we can provide and reveal the ability to do internal benchmarking where you can start to, you know, do something, make progress on that over time, remeasure, and then reapply that over time. So both of those types, right, being able to look outside and then being able to look internally over time to see how things are changing, you know, gives you a really good view on if you're making progress or not. Arjan, could you maybe give us a hint of what might be down the road for Catalyst Reveal? Absolutely. So I have a I have a few screenshots here, actually. So let me just uh, bring them up. And so one of the things that we are doing is the, the Culture Pulse, you know, which is really part of our core product uh, and, and is part of embedded into the courses. We have also found a need for, for clients to do a more deep dive into their culture. And so this is something that you know, we are bringing into the product where the clients can essentially launch a full suite of ethical culture assessment, you know, which covers corporate ethics, transparency, leadership modeling, rewards and recognition, right? A much broader data set that they can analyze. And again, you know, just as Susan mentioned, right, in real time, how these things are progressing. So that's one of the things, you know, we are working on right now. And, you know, this will be something that the clients will obviously be able to run, but then they can actually go in there and ask questions, you know, as as future questions might arise. Right. So because this would be a live system for them, they can go back and slice and dice the data over time to see, you know, if it's telling them a story. So that's something, you know, we are working on right now. And the plan is to release it in July. Um, The second thing that we are working on right now is we are taking client's code of conduct, and we're connecting it to Reveal. And so what that means is, as as you start, you know, running, for example, a certain training, or you're a certain communication campaign, you can start to see, you know, is that actually driving 
you know, folks need to go out there and, and read the code of conduct. So it is really connecting, you know, two parts uh, of their activities there. And again, for a lot of folks, right, we, we are talking about the concept of a living code. Well, you can see that, you know, that the, the code is living by looking at real-time data that is coming out of the code. And again, that's something we are now bringing onto the platform. And so we are envisioning that over time, right, as you run a campaign, as you run a communication on code, you should be able to see it on the product. You should be able to see whether the areas that you're training people on are also the areas where people are going and taking a look at it. And then, of course, you can, you know, slice and dice this data by business units, by geography, and that'll tell you, you know, where, you know, some of these things have to be brought up top of mind again. Susan, if I could uh, switch over to you for a few minutes, could you tell us about the scorecard and how Catalyst or Reveal can help create and how you might use one? Thanks, Tom. And that's a topic that I saw a lot of interest in at the Global Ethics Summit a couple of months ago in Atlanta. As you know, the Department of Justice is asking companies to ensure that ethics and compliance considerations are part of of evaluations. And so companies are using scorecard data to rank managers in some instances. And it's generally in a very constructive way because it allows managers to see how the cultural part of this, the seven questions, which is this the stealthy little survey at the end of the course, how they're stacking up internally. And it is a kind of internal benchmarking, but that can be one element of the scorecard. Another element of the scorecard can be total completions. And another can be how quickly did the employees in that group do their ethics and compliance training? Lincoln Financial, for example, one of our long-term, long-time clients, views that data as indicative of whether employees are motivated and engaged in the ethics and compliance program. So in addition to meeting the ECCN criteria, it also helps establish a basis for looking at at a division where managers particular ethical compliance. We've got just a few minutes left. uh, So I wanted to ask if listeners wanted more information on Catalyst Reveal, on LRN, or really any of the topics we've touched on, uh, what would be the best place or places for them to go? And could they get a demo of Catalyst Reveal? Yeah, absolutely. So, Susan, I'm sure you you can you can add here, but uh, yeah, if you go to LRN.com, you know you have the you can look at a lot of the information that we mentioned here, and then you can also you know book demos here and go deeper into reveal if you need to. And I, I would urge people to do that, to be able to see how at just at your fingertips, you have all the relevant data and much more meaningful data that, uh, to brief your upper level management and your boards as well. So guys, this has been a great presentation. I wanted to thank both of you all for doing this. I can't wait to learn more about Catalyst Reveal. It certainly seems to answer some of the difficult questions the DOJ has posed literally over the last 18 months on culture and the ongoing dialogue that certainly Susan, you and I have had about training, compliance training, effective compliance training, and how can you use that? And I have to say, I'm going to steal your phrase, dead data. 
That is great. So I've stolen uh, many of yours over the years, Tom. So we're we're square. So I, I wanted to thank both of you guys, and I hope our listeners really enjoyed this as much as I did. And I hope we can do this again. It'd be our pleasure. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, everyone who uh, tuned in today on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Tom Fox again. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the award-winning FCPA Compliance Report. We have several new podcasts on the Compliance Podcast Network. We have Fox on Podcasting, where I go meta and talk about podcasting. We have Compliance and AI, where I talk about the intersection of compliance and AI. We have From Last to First, the John Assetti story, which is my first biography in the podcast format. Check out all of these where great podcasts are listened to. I hope you will subscribe, rate, and review all of these podcasts. The FCPA Compliance Report is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.